0: Are you an HR department of one trying to figure out how to balance task and strategy while keeping up with changes in regulatory compliance? Do you need a fresh outlook on old topics? Then stop what you're doing, grab your coffee and get ready to recharge. If you have people, you have problems to solve and things to do. Your host is Brenda Neckvottle, a 20-year human resource professional ready to explore the HR industry with veterans of business and life with fresh eyes and new ideas. Learn about the rapidly evolving changes in employment law around the country, as well as new tactics to deploy and build engagement in your workforce. If you're looking to implement new practices to make your job easier in HR, then this podcast is for you.
1: Hey there, and welcome to the Best Practices in Human Resources podcast. I am Brenda, the HI Lady, and I'd like to thank you for listening to this show. This is an award winning show, and this year we've uh, received the Bronze Award for Best Business Podcast in both the Stevie's American Business Awards as well as the Stevie's International Business Awards. So it's a real thrill and a real honor. Uh, to have that happen. <clears throat> it's pretty fantastic. And uh, you know what, if you're joining us for the first time and you're a first-time listener, welcome. Uh, I'm here to share with you the what and how in and human resources because I'm in the human business and that means that there's a greater number of dynamics in the workplace to balance and manage. And if you're a returning listener, thank you. Thank you for returning every time for another episode. Uh, I really, we couldn't have done everything that we did this year without you guys. And Just super excited for what the future is going to hold. So thank you for, thanks for coming back. You guys rock. So today I'm going to share with you... Employment law changes that are happening across the nation, and I'm going to tell you where you can get access to the links to these articles that I'm sharing with you. Um, our main topic today is an awesome one. I've been looking forward to uh, sharing this one with you. It's really how to build a great in, uh, great internship program in 2021 with Miri Rodriguez, who is with Microsoft. And then lastly, I'm going to share with you how to get my best practices delivered directly to your inbox. Now, before we go on, folks, the information available in this podcast is for informational purposes only and not for the purpose of providing any form of legal advice. You should contact your attorney to obtain legal advice with respects to a particular issue that you may be having. And if you don't have an employment attorney, go ahead and reach out to me and I may be able to refer one to you through our affiliates program and our friends over in Jackson, Lewis. All right. So employment law changes. We've got a lot of call outs this week. There's a lot of really good GC stuff that's been happening out there. So first off, um, there's an article out there talking about the suspension of employee base, um, excuse me, the suspension of an employee based on marijuana odor and positive test results did not violate a collective bargaining agreement. Uh, Another article talking about the new Department of Labor rule that could limit some employers' hiring and retention of highly skilled foreign employees. Also, the OFCCP has published an FAQ addressing combating race and gender stereotypings under the new executive order. The U.S. Supreme Court is to hear ERISA preemptive, uh, preemption dispute arguments. Now, that is up and coming. Actually, that may be in session right now. Uh, OSHA has also issued frequently asked questions regarding COVID-19 reporting obligations for employers. The uh, Supreme Court is also to hear the first of several ERISA disputes this term. Uh, That probably has to do something with the new preemption uh, dispute that they're listening to, but there's certainly more that are being covered in this article as well. Uh, OSHA, COVID-19 enforcement is on the rise, so that's certainly something that you guys want to check out. There's also an article out there called Additional Information Released on Combating Race and Sex Stereotyping. Again, that is based off of the new hotline. Also, class actions have not spiked alongside the pandemic as of yet, but stay tuned. They're predicting that there should be some class action lawsuits coming out. COVID-19 reporting. Uh, There's an article out there that actually talks about what they deem as an employer's nightmare. The Department of Homeland Security has announced relaxing travel restrictions to the United States. Also, the House passes the Internet of Things Cybersecurity Improvement Act as well. Over in California, the California legislation wrap-up for the year uh, that California employers must act now. There's a list of things in there that you guys are going to want to get some action on and to be mindful and aware of. The DFEH has released FAQs updating regulations for Fair Chance Act. California's 2020 legislative oh my gosh, I can't say it. legislative session brings big changes for employers. The CCPA's B2B exemption is also extended by Governor Newsom as well. There's another article out there called California makes certain human resource professionals and supervisors mandated child abuse reporters. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, The California governor signed several bills causing bold changes to employee leaves. And now California also requires the reporting of pay data by race and gender. Now the final results of the California legislative session means that there's some employment bills signed into law by Newsom that you guys are definitely going to want to check out. California also has imposed new compliance obligations on employers. Uh, That's another really great article. We've got several more. <laughs> there's a lot going on in the state. There's some new requirements for corporation statements of information. The governor has also signed legislation extending exemptions from rest period requirements for safety sensitive employees at petroleum facilities. Also in California, there's been an expanded exemptions for independent news carriers uh, and newspaper carriers. Also, give those. there's an article called Give Those Rest Break Premiums a Rest Already. Unionization uh, security officers may be required to take on-duty rest breaks. Over in Sacramento, the city and county now have COVID-19-related supplemental paid sickly laws. Over in New California, law mandates corporate board diversity as well. I think we mentioned that before in previous previous episodes. There's also paid data reporting, and that's identifying California is at the tip of the spear. Governor has also signed into legislation extending a period to file a discrimination or retaliation complaint with California Division of Labor Standards Enforcement, as the labor commissioner, and the governor and Governor Newsom signs law require, signs a new law requiring California hospitals to stockpile PPE. Governor Newsom also signed legislation expanding paid family leave for employers who are participating in a qualifying exigency. And then AB5 update, newspaper carriers are secure another one more year exemption. And lastly, lastly, I promise, California Governor Newsom signs into law the extension to the CCPA, employee personal information exemption, and vetoes yet another privacy bill. Okay, so Colorado, <laughs> you guys are next. The Colorado Department of Labor has released proposed rules implementing fair pay for fair work law. And... Uh, basically that also, and there's another article that follows up with that, that proposed regulations would require all employers with Colorado presence to post salary range and benefits for virtually all job openings over in Connecticut, Connecticut is about ready to enter phase three of reopening on October 8th <clears throat> over in Hawaii, which we don't hear too much about. They have tightened their ban the box law for the limiting the use of past criminal history and work decisions. Over in Illinois, they say, don't be spooked. There's an adverse discrimination and harassment case disclosures due to the IDHR by October 31st. So if you're in Illinois, make sure you jump on that. Also, 90 days and counting, have you met your harassment training obligations as well? Over in Michigan, their Michigan agency steps up mask mandates to other requirements to fill void created by nullification of COVID-19 executive orders. Also over in Michigan, a fractured opinion there's a Michigan Supreme Court has struck down the governor's emergency authority. Also in Michigan, they extend to protection for residents of employees of long-term care facilities. Moving on to New York, the new York, new York Department of Labor has issued notice of pay rate form in response to wage parity law amendment as pay stub requirements take place. Also, New York has amended its sick leave law to align with state law and adds new requirements for city's employers. New York is also neutral in the new pink, which means that New York's pink New York's pink tax ban now goes into effect, and New York City's Earned Safe in Sick Time Act has been amended. And la- uh, moving on, is as elections approach, New York employers need to be aware of paid voting leave and voting rights posting requirements. Also, over in New York, that there are some amendments to the New York City paid sick leave law that is in effect. Um, Also, over in Oregon, moving on to the other side of the coast, Oregon OSHA moves forward with COVID-19 temporary standards. Over in Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania has expanded overtime pay beyond the federal thresholds. Also, Pennsylvania rule has increased the white-collar exemption salary threshold, which is expected to take effect. Over in Puerto Rico, qualified retirement plans for the 2020 year amendments. That deadline is coming soon. Down in the Virgin Islands, which is exactly where i want to be right now <laughs> 20 tips for the u.s virgin island employers in 2020 provides protections for victims of domestic violence and finally over in washington state they have raised the income threshold for workers subject to non-competition non-competition covenants and that is what we have across the nation Music.
0: There are approximately 2,500 members of the U.S. Special Operations community who transition out of active duty military service every single year. The Honor Foundation's dedicated its mission to serving these elite individuals on their journey, to prepare for life once they take off the uniform. In the past few years, we've begun our own journey to reach this number, launching three physical campuses in San Diego, California, Virginia Beach, Virginia, and near Wilmington, North Carolina along with a virtual campus to reach members of the community anywhere on the planet. I spent 26 years in the special operations community as a SEAL. I graduated from THS program, I served on the board of directors, and now I'm proud to lead this organization into the future to continue assisting these transitioning service members and their families. Our dedicated team, our world-class program, and our incredible tribes of supporters are standing by to help THF alumni and future fellows and are committed to providing the best possible support system and resources to better serve this community. Our vision for the Honor Foundation is clear, to impact every transitioning service member from the U.S. Special Operations Enterprise through our programs and support, and to be a catalyst for overhauling the entire DoD transition program. It's a big task, but the community deserves it, and we're driving full steam ahead to make this a reality. If you've been inspired with what the Honor Foundation's done in the last five years, I welcome you all to join us as we craft the next chapter in defining what it means to serve others with honor for life.
1: All right, folks, we have an awesome guest on today. We always have awesome guests, but... Uh, We got yet another awesome guest that's on today, and I am excited to introduce to you guys Mary Rodriguez from Microsoft, who's joining us, and she actually, we're going to be talking about how to put together a really strong um, internship program. So welcome. How are you?
2: Hey Brenda, I'm so good. Thank you for
1: having me. I'm so excited to be here and talk about
2: this topic. I think it's really important, and um, you know, I'll, I'll be glad to share some insights.
1: Thank you so much for joining. I appreciate it. So we're kind of laughing a little bit because Nakoa has woken up from his nap, and um, it's the evening time. So this is usually his play time. So literally, I'm like facing the computer, looking at her. I got my face in a microphone, and I've got one hand on a major tug rope. And I'm about ready to be pulled halfway across the office.
2: <laughs> I love it. And he showed up on the camera to say hi too. So that was That's dope. right.
1: He did. He made an appearance. He said it was a lot. I mean, it's like having kids, you know. If you want to yeah. know what, what it's really like working from home, here you go.
2: That's it. That's it. I had to put Dino outside because I think that would happen too. He's got his toy here, so he's probably looking for it right
1: now. <laughs> right? Exactly. Oh my gosh. So can you tell us a little about you? Like, can you kind of give us a little bit of an overview of like your background and how you got into where you are right now?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So I've been at Microsoft for a, a little bit over eight years now, and I've had the privilege to really go around uh, different business functions at Microsoft, just because the company it, it lends itself for that kind of exploration mm-hmm of career. So I've been, I started in operations and I moved over to customer services and support where I led um, social media. And then I moved over to engineering to do storytelling. And then during that stint, I was asked to come and join HR and specifically university recruiting to lead the intern program. So it's been Definitely it wasn't part of my career path, but I love, <laughs> I love the opportunities and I always say yes, because it's just learning, right? I mean, it's, I, I could see the 360 of a business. I can learn something new, get into a new space. So definitely not boring.
1: No, not at all. Not at all. And you, and you, you know, you build a real nice, um, resume of experience just in one spot in, in one company, yeah. which is awesome. Yeah,
2: and I think for people that get bored like me, like before it was, you know, within other, like I would jump around a lot, like, you know, two years here, two years there, just for that reason. So I love that Microsoft gives that opportunity to just kind of explore different functions, different places. And, you know, you're not tied to a one track, which I think we're all just multifaceted in so many areas. So it's a great opportunity.
1: That's awesome. So you help design and recruit and pull together the internship programs for the company. Now, are they specific departments that you do this for or as a whole? Because I I mean, that's as a whole, that would be huge
2: it is huge uh, I, I do uh, in different different layers because the program does cover many different internships so we have anything from high school to research internships so mm-hmm. clearly that is a, a huge partnership approach and within that there's also regions so the regions deliver um, different different aspects of that internship in India versus you know uh, Australia versus the US and Canada so it, it's a monster uh, and it requires a lot of dependency and a lot of partnership um, but what I what I do and I help do is define those goals, define those priorities uh, and, and ensure hopefully a standard approach and experience for interns uh, within that umbrella.
1: That's awesome. And how many interns would you say that you've
2: hired? You yourself. That I have hired myself? Yeah. Or you've recruited. So I don't actually recruit. The recruiter team does that. I, I manage the actual program when they come in, but I do, I do uh, influence that recruiting piece. There so, you go. Yeah, it's an influence approach, not a direct recruiting approach. Um, and we actually have, uh, on average, hire around 5,000 interns globally per year.
1: Wow. So, all right, so so I'll ask this question this way. How many interns have you ushered through the program? we will put it that way. Uh, wow. I can't count. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we'll leave that. That's the number. Right. There you go. That'll work. A lot. A lot. A lot. <laughs> Here's a tip. That's a really good number to put on your resume. (laughs)
2: Yeah, yeah. there's a a lot. And we see so many students. I I think one of the nice things that we've seen year over year is that Microsoft as a brand has really established itself in the industry nicely. And so before it was a lot more of like recruiting marketing strategies. And now we just see those resumes come in immediately. There's this hunger for students to want to join the company, which I absolutely love.
1: Yeah, that's, And, and has that been, so that shift that's taken place, has that been because of COVID 19 or is that just normal market shift?
2: Yeah, and it's actually a culture shift. I think it's uh, it's definitely the way that M- Microsoft has positioned itself, and in, in, in the and the students recognize that. Um, you know, this generation, um, Gen Z and Gen Alpha, a little bit of like the millennials as well, uh, they're looking for places. You know, back to what we're talking about, that that uh, flexibility of workspace, that flexibility of work environment. Um, that really that culture match. And so our approach, you know, in the last six years has been this culture transformation. We continue that journey, but it's really around, um, you know, what we stand for, what our core values are, what our mission is, and how they play into that culture. So it really sells itself. And I think that's the that's big thing. I mean, when you're thinking about building a program, start with your mission and how does that play in? how do students look at that and see themselves in that mission? If they don't, it's going to be a hard sell
1: awesome 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 so what would you say how many so you've been you've been in this position doing what you're doing now for how long oh just
2: over a year just over a year
1: okay so what would you say taking a look at other than and i love where you're kicking that off you know start with your mission and think about how that's going to really impact you know potential potential students and how that will encourage them to enroll in the program What are some other really great things that you've seen from the composition of the internship program that, that if you could build one from scratch somewhere else, what would you adopt?
2: Absolutely. So uh, I love that question. Uh, There's so much to unpack here. I think if we want to be concise, uh, the first thing, as, as I mentioned before, is really looking at your, your brand mission and how that trickles, how that trickles in and down to student level. So are you able to impart that mission where students from all over the world or wherever your target location is, will see themselves as part of that mission. So there's a storytelling perspective there on translating that mission in a way that it makes sense to the students. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because you know, it's a competitive space. And then from that, building your core priorities. So year over year, uh, priorities may change. They do change for us. And that really depends on market, uh, you know, uh, market share, uh, positioning, that depends on all the, things that may happen in that year. For, for us this year was COVID obviously, and racial injustice plays a part as well. So we've incorporated that, incorporated that into our strategies and, and thought about more about, you know, our CEO Satya mentioned a, a, a more specific um, approach to Black Lives Matter movement and support. So now that becomes more of a diverse hiring um, point that we're looking at e- even more than we have before, even though we've already done diverse hiring. So really okay. a look at those core priorities to say, how does this align with the direction the company wants to go year over year and 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 give yourself the flexibility to adopt that? Then how does that play out to the rest of the company? If you're a global company, uh, are these priorities making sense um, in each region, for example? So when we're talking about this, you know, specific to Black Lives Matter, that's a, a, a very different approach that we're going to take in North America, right, where there's a lot of, of that happening versus Asia and so but there's still conversation to be had around racial injustice in general from from a brand perspective so really ensuring that the empathetic approach to the core priorities land well in the different um, dependencies that you have whether there's a it's a regional dependency or there is a business function dependency Uh, and so we got mission we got core priorities and then we have the actual execution of that so Operationally, who are your partners? Who do you depend on to deliver that? Uh, at Microsoft, we have huge dependencies on partners. Um, our, our team is actually very small, it's very lean, uh, and it works because we have so many great partners uh, all across the ecosystem. And so there's partners for operations, there's partner for recruitings, there's partner for, um, you know, payroll and compensation for our students. I mean, there's just there's legal partnerships, there's uh, employee resourcing group pa- partnerships. So there's a lot that you have to consider. And I would say build that out in a sequence mode. So say, we started with hiring, who hires and why if it's a recruiting team, then what, what happens after hiring, who takes over. So for us, is for example, comp and benefits, partners will show up and talk about that conversation of What would be that compensation? Is it equitable across the globe if you're going to offer a global internship? So all of these pieces really play out. I think if you're starting from scratch, it's literally like building a business from scratch. You're considering all of the dependencies and how they trickle down. uh, And are you able to deliver that in a timely manner?
1: So... As you go through the internship program, so they they come through the various stages. So when they come in, yeah. um, what is their experience like once they're accepted and they actually start?
2: It's a great question. And that's something that I think changes year over year because we continue to evaluate improvement and actual end-to-end experience. Uh, we've had conversations around does the candidate experience really end when the internship ends, or is there opportunity to cont- for continuance uh, if they get an offer to return? So there's a lot to consider there, and that's a conversation that I think everyone should ask themselves: What is that end-to-end experience? Uh, for us, the candidate experience really starts with branding when they come in contact with the brand and they they basically are wooed by the brand and considering applying for the brand. Then it's their application process. There's a, an experience, there's a touch point in in how they apply. What we what we show in our website is their opportunity to make it easier for them in the application process Uh, and to really think about uh, how long that process takes because that may be a negative experience for candidates if they've applied and it takes three months for us to actually get through all the applications. So there's that piece, and then they come in, we hire them. Uh, what does that hiring experience look like? Is it an easy experience? Is it a, a tough experience for non-English speaking students uh, that you know are international? And we have a uh, you know some some quick interviews that uh, people that are native English. Deliver. So all of that really is a touch point that we have to consider in terms of candidate experience. Then we hire them and they come into, you know, they're handed off to my my team uh, and for us to deliver that onboarding experience and the activities that are given there. And so for us, we tie that back to our mission, right? For all of those touch, touch points, the question we're asking ourselves, if our mission is to empower every person and organization on the planet to achieve more, uh, empowering is the key word. And that's why it's really important to touch back, back to that mission. So the question is, is our website empowering for a candidate? Is our intern ex, uh, interview experience empowering for the candidate? Is the intern program, the activities and the programming
1: empowering? And so we keep asking that question throughout the cycle. That is awesome. So during your normal internship program, is it typically like a 12-week program?
2: It is so normal really it's subjective because normal is uh, it's our what we call our largest program uh, which is an HQ uh, where we bring 3,000 of those 5,000 globally we bring them into high uh, um, HQ in Redmond so our, our headquarters here in Redmond and we offer that 12 week. but between that there's also again there's eight months there's one year uh, there's ten weeks so it varies depending on the offering but yes the largest, the largest cohort is undergrad, 12 weeks.
1: Gotcha. So in an internship program, and it's funny because, you know, I just, I'm still thinking of all the internship programs that, you know, that I led, right? And it's, and I've always limited them to just 12 weeks. So it's kind of like, if, I've, I have, you know, and even, even when I was with Fortune 500 and we had our interns, it was only, you know, 12 weeks. So yeah. it's, yeah. Uh, it's awesome to think that they could be larger, they could be more, they could be, you know less you know, yeah. and it's, it's a, it's a range too, from both mm-hmm. collegiate to high school. And, you know, do you guys do veteran programs too for internship? Yeah. We do. There's an apprenticeship apprenticeship
2: program that uh, we offer to veterans. It is not under the internship umbrella because it's more apprenticeship,
1: sure. but we do. Yes. That amazing. is awesome. Mm-hmm. That is so cool. Well, that's great. So, as the as the interns now, if you've got three thousand interns, I could certainly see how this would be a challenge to do. But is there a sense of celebration for interns that are coming through, like aside oh, yeah. from just the manager making it exciting for somebody and giving them that you know mentorship and uh, you know the opportunity to do something completely different with a, a very successful organization? <clears throat> Is there kind of like an end of end of program celebration that takes place, and
2: yeah, you know, yeah. stuff
1: that comes with this.
2: 10%. It's called Intern Day. Uh, it used to be called Signature Event. Um, at the largest scale in person, so we actually had to switch to virtual this past uh, summer due to COVID, but yeah. uh, it is uh, an incredible event where we bring celebrities, we bring uh, music. I mean, there's just so much. We do a give-back event to community uh, and It is an all-day event, uh, and it's 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 really to celebrate the combination of their internship and celebrate them as a cohort. Uh, and it, it's it's really an incredible event. I mean, it's it's incredible. This year was obviously challenging um, for us okay. to kind of see what what we could deliver at par to the in-person experience. Uh, and I'm really pleased to say the team just works. In, incredibly hard and we were able to produce a virtual event that not only was at par i actually personally believe it exceeded expectations to um the in person uh, and we are actually considering keeping that aspect maybe a hybrid i don't know what it would look like but just it was just so good because we were able to source talent um from different places that typically would not be able to come together so many in person right so we had um so many celebrities come in and it was just really really cool we had malala uh, speak to our interns. We had um, um, Chance the Rapper uh, to call a few. We had um, Zach the Magician and um, it was just, it was really cool.
1: I was just going to say, man, you're going to have to do some name dropping here. I want to hear what kind <laughs> of <numbers laughs> <that> you're <laughs> calling in. <laughs>
2: Noah Trevor was our host. I mean, it was just really, really cool. And you can't pull that uh, all of this talent, you know, all in one place for one day if it's in person. So I think there's there's definitely benefit to considering a digital event.
1: That is awesome. I think that's really great. So, what are the what are the some fun things or what are some best practices that you recommend with an internship program for? You know, a lot of a lot of the people that listen to this show um, are in the smaller segment of business. So, celebrities not in the budget, right? But all <laughs> are cool. I think that's really neat. But what other kind of best practices, what other recommendations do you have that do you think should go into an internship program that kind of makes that secret sauce for success?
2: Yeah, so, so I, would, I can say from my experience and what we learn from students, uh, we continuously survey them and post them. And even candidates that don't become interns, we are, we're very hungry and curious about what that experience is the best is best for them especially because we know that it changes year over year we can't assume uh, the sauce will be the same every year but overall I can say we we've learned a couple of things they want they want to come and they want to learn and learning is not only by their manager and mentor or the project that they have within the internship they want to learn everything they want to network they want to they want to learn what what we offer as a company holistically not just within their cohort or group. So right. that's one thing. The second one is they want to network uh, and make make connections, lasting connections. So they see the internship as an opportunity to connect with an exec and they actually will email Satya and say, can we have lunch? I mean, we've had that happen. So we do a Satya Q&A so they can connect with him. But our Satya is our CEO for those of you who may not know. yeah. Some
1: people are like, hey, does anybody have Bill Gates' email address? <laughs> <laughs> exactly they do you know they do, sure they, do. <laughs> they
2: do so and they do email you know they feel they feel that that curiosity and it that's really cool because uh, it lends itself it, it tells us where what they're looking for right it tells us that they're hungry for that uh, so learning and networking are two top things and then the other piece is um they're looking for an experience that's holistic in terms of well-being so what we're learning is we don't just throw out activities in just for activities' sake. Activities are very intentional to deliver something that is, uh, you know, we talk about mental health, we talk about professional career building, uh, we talk about uh, open mic spaces for racial injustice and storytelling perspectives. So really, it, again, it's driven by the market and it's driven by experiences and by cohort year over year. But these are themes that throughout. Each year, we're seeing learning is a big thing, networking is a big thing, and well-being is a a big thing. So what activities drive that is important for us. Year over year, we debrief um, from the year before, obviously, and we learn uh, themes. So this year, for example, one of the big themes was tech. They want to learn a lot more about not tech tech in the own space, but big tech. So mm-hmm. things like quantum computing was a thing for us in our industry. So we did a session and it was really well attended. Another thing that I'd like to learn is learn from our execs, connect with our execs. So clearly they can't have all of us, all of them can't have one-on-one lunches with our execs. Yeah. So then we host speaker series and those are very popular. They're the, you know, one of the most popular attended uh, events. Uh, where we bring our execs that always lend themselves uh you know an hour to connect and do a Q&A with them so those are very very uh, powerful uh, we also have theme based on cohorts so women empowerment is always a thing uh, so we have one women empowerment event culture is a thing and I think it always has been so we have an international day where they can actually share foods and music and uh, share their own cultural experiences um, so again it's really depends on each cohort but find those themes that th- that are consistent throughout that you know are going to land for us it has been learning, networking, and well-being. And within well-being, there's all of that, which means culture, career-driven, uh, mentorship, and all of those.
1: Now, as part of your program, do the interns produce some sort of capstone project at the end, to where they have to provide a synopsis or of what they've learned, or even a recommendation of something that could the company could effectively apply and enroll into the organization.
2: Absolutely, and that is part of the uh, the experience. Uh, that's specific, I should say, specific to the 12-week program that we have, which is the largest one. Uh, and and I should mention that it is the internships we offer are paid internships, and they are not for credit purposes for university. Even though we do align with some of the uh, some of the curriculum that they're going through, uh, it is a capstone pro, capstone project that, that they land uh, within their own team and group. Uh, and they are guided with a mentor and their manager, Uh, and, you know, it depends on the actual group they land, but some of them are customer-facing, and they will have a legacy of, you know, contribution to their real-life projects, so they're not invented projects. They're stuff that the group is currently working on, and they become a part of it.
1: That is awesome. Anything else that you can recommend before I do a quick little shift and kind of put you in a little bit of a hot seat? Oh, gosh, I didn't
2: know you were going to do this. <laughs> oh,
1: okay. Uh, so a little yeah. bit.
2: <laughs> yeah, I would just say lead with empathy. I mean, for, for me, um, as, as I think about my students, um, I have to recognize that I never have a silver bullet. It's a learning journey every year uh, and every time. In- Go for it, um, and I have to have no ego in, in understanding that what may worked last last summer may not work this year, and that's okay. Uh, we do our best, and uh, and I think if we lead with empathy, we recognize that we are consistently listening to that feedback as it comes. When we have our interns come in, um, give them that voice. Let let us listen from a leadership perspective, and, and be flexible and nimble to change approach if we have to. That is awesome. Okay, here's
1: the hot seat. You ready? Okay, go. <laughs> so you're in somewhat of an HR role. Yep. And, uh, how do you? How are you enjoying the HR field? Oh, you did
2: put me in a hot I seat. I did put ah. you in a hot
1: seat. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna
2: be as transparent and authentic as I'm going to be here. With I hope I don't get in trouble. I find it traditional. Uh, yeah. It's a traditional, traditional organization. I mean, I come from engineering which is very creative and futuristic so culture yeah. uh, shock yeah um, and, and i so i'm learning i also find it very deep so funny enough yes yeah because i i was like you know in my mind when i came in i was like yeah typically i'm like i can do this conquer in two years and i'll be bored and quickly i don't <laughs> think i'm gonna get bored at all <laughs> i've been
1: doing this for 20 years and i have yet to get bored
2: that's why people stay so long. I'm like, why are people in HR for 20 plus years? Now I understand. I'm probably going to be here for the next 20 years. (laughs) I find it very deep and I find it very gratifying because, um, you know, the product is people. And so I'm energized by the idea that whatever we do and whatever we touch, we are in essence, a culture activator. Um, and we enable that for so many. And so uh, I love it. Uh, it's definitely, I, I know nothing, and I continue to learn, uh, and there's there's so much depth to it. I have not scratched the surface at all.
1: Yeah, no, You just you just like a little itty-bitty segment of it, but that's awesome that you're learning it. I didn't mean to, yeah. I'm like, God, please tell me that she's not going to say, oh, this is the worst career decision I've ever made in my life. She's not listening. <laughs> I mean, no, I don't think that. No, she's doing awesome, guys. <laughs> she needs a raise. I love it all. <laughs> yeah, that's right. She needs a raise. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes. I do love it. I do that. it was culture shock. I'm not lying. I'd say No, it I'd,
1: it absolutely is. I mean, it's unlike anything else that's out there. And you and you're absolutely right. Because not only do you go deep, it's broad.
2: Yes. And it's also, it's almost like zooming in and zooming out every time. It's like, we have to look at the broad picture. Then we have to look at how it individually affects and yeah. how it impacts. And so it, there's so much. And, um, you know, coming from product, it's just, it's, a, it's completely different. But-
1: different ball of wax. And it's interesting because you've probably learned that you've had to learn more nuances about what you can say, what you can do, what angle to take. How do you, how do you maneuver through that statement? I, I think I'm learning the
2: hard way. Uh, I continue to learn. And, and honestly, I don't think I've completely learned. I find that I, I'm, I'm glad my team and extended teams and partners are graceful because I see it in their face, especially when we do video calls. Like I throw out a thing and they're just like, what was that? am <laughs> like, oh, I have to rethink this and how to say this. You're right. There's a lot of that happening. A lot of communication strategy
1: going on. <laughs> Absolutely. That is that is probably one of the biggest things in HR is how are you going to communicate with somebody? Because like like you just said in the program, what works one year may not necessarily work another year. We'll take that down to a microchasm. What works five minutes ago for this person is going to fail horribly on this individual. So you're you're in a constant state of, Literally being on your toes, literally constantly thinking through challenges, e- even doing what you're doing. It's like if you hear somebody that says something that's not quite right, you you have to literally take a step back and say, "Okay, so where do we have skin in this? Like, do we have skin in this? Is this really a problem? I mean, you're like constantly assessing." And yeah, and,
2: and I have to I have to be honest. It's a little bit irritating for me because I just sometimes I'm like, "Why well, can't you just get stuff done?" You know. What I mean? like, <laughs> That's it's like that for all it's of us a it's a good idea let's just do this no, and it's, it's like that so for all of us
1: layers.
2: there are so yeah. many layers and I'm oh, like I'm like wow but I get yeah. one I get yeah one. see
1: now your next venture you're gonna go into like real estate and you're
2: gonna <laughs> <laughs> I see that Brenda
1: <laughs> Totally. You you (laughs) you've got customer service engineering. You got to do something unique. I can't put you in legal, but you can probably go into real estate and learn something completely new.
2: (laughs) I've never done sales and I'm scared. Like people tell me you should go into sales. I'm like, I don't think I can. No, I don't
1: want to do that. I want to write leases for the buildings that we rent. That's what I want to (laughs) do. There you go. There you go. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So you are going to be speaking along. We weren't we're not speaking together, but we're speaking at the women's. Future conference. How yeah. are you excited for that? I am so excited. I have to confess, I
2: don't typically um, sign up for speaking like you know call uh, call for speaker stuff. Um, I have so much some so much stuff going on that typically when I do speaking engagements, it's, it's demand that comes to me organically. So I don't really source it, but I did for this one, and I so did because I just wanted to be part of this incredible list of powerful women and aka you and i got to meet you for that reason and i just love the amplification of networking and voices um and i, I when i looked at that you know what uh, last year i was like i need to be a part of this so i was so excited when i got the email that i would be participating i'm honored um and and it's also very important for me in terms of representation being a woman in tech and being a Latino woman in tech that that's So I'm super excited for this. Yeah.
1: I think that's great. So are you, are you leading a panel? I can't remember. Are you sitting on a panel?
2: I'm sitting on a panel.
1: And which panel are you sitting on? Uh, The one
2: around, it's not storytelling. It's not the the actual um, theme, but it's around customer
1: experience and stories. Got it. Oh, you're going to have so much fun. Yes. You really Um, are. And and it's a very impressive, uh, it's a very impressive event. It is loaded loaded with opportunity to learn. I mean, way more than I thought it was going to when I first attended last year. So it's a a real thrill for me to be back for this year too. So I'm a huge supporter of it. So Wonderful. That's awesome. Well, that's fantastic. Well, thank you so very much for doing this. I can't wait to see it. Even though it's virtual, I wish we could see each other in Vegas like we originally oh, planned.
2: me but. too. I was going to say the only drawback is that it won't be a person this year. I'm hopeful that, you know, I got in this year, we will hopefully be able to do something next year, at least yeah. on a hybrid environment. I, I mean... mean-
1: yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping it returns to New York City next year, too. Oh, love New York. <laughs> yeah.
2: I, love, I love to visit New York. I should really uh, clarify that. I, I don't know if I, if I ever live there, but I love to visit.
1: Yeah, no, I like to visit, but that's, that's kind of about that's it. it. Right? It's a little too much for me, too. <laughs> well, thank you so very much again for coming on. This has been absolutely fantastic. I really appreciate it. Yeah, Brenda, thank you for having me. And if anyone has more questions around, you know, getting your program
2: together, anything that I can share, uh, you can find me on mirirod.com. Just shoot me a note. I'd love to connect, especially if you're a woman doing this kind of work. uh, I'd love to empower other women with my insights and also shared knowledge. So throw it at me.
1: the last several episodes you guys have been listening to me talk about a health segment and really taking care of yourself. And I'm going to continue to reinforce this. So stress is an absolute killer to anybody. Stress eats away your energy. It takes away your sleep. It takes away your ability to think. It takes away your ability to perform. And quite frankly, it takes away your happiness. And When you're going to sleep every night stressed about what has taken place from the day, you've got to do things that are going to take that away or diminish it as much as humanly possible. Let's face it. We can't not have stress in our life. It's just, it's just not possible. Life doesn't allow us to do that. But we can manage stress and we can reduce the amount of it by really focusing in on our recovery. And there's a couple of ways you can do that. One of the things that you can use is a product line called, uh, Naked Warrior Recovery. And, uh, it is a, we've had Will Branham on, who was a Navy SEAL that created this line. It's a line that I use on a regular basis. I, I eat the gummies, uh, I eat two a day now and I have the best recuperative sleep ever. And you know what? And it, and, and I do have my stressful days. Um, You know, I've been through a couple of recent, you know, just life has showed up and, uh, you know, kind of got a little ambushed and it's all good. Things are better. But through that time, you know, I knew that I had to figure out how to control my stress. Otherwise, it controls me. And then now I'm not paying attention to what's going on in my life. You know, money gets messy. The house gets messy. You get messy. And so being able to, you know, effectively manage your stress and then utilize what nature gives us through CBD usage helps you get some of the best recuperative sleep possible. And I strongly recommend the gummies. The gummies are awesome. They come in a jar of 30. You get, uh, they're cut into squares, into these cubes, and there's exactly 10 milligrams of CBD in each cube. And you can take one to two as needed. I take usually one towards the back end of work right around five o'clock. And that gives me a chance to mentally slow down. And then I take another one right before, um, you know, I I usually take a hot bath. That's how I, that's how I de-stress at night before I hit the, before I go to bed. And I I take CBD cube and then a gummy and then I take a bath. And then by the time I'm ready to go to sleep, I really have taken myself down several levels as a leader, as an influencer, as an entrepreneur, as a coach, as a consultant. As all the things that I do, um, it helps take me down towards the back end of the day so I get a better recuperative sleep. Now, when I wake up in the morning, that's when it changes. That's when I need the best energy possible. And how I use that is through MASF Smashing Greens. And I've re- replaced my breakfast with a Smashing Greens drink, which I include a potassium drink in it so that way it helps to get my muscles moving especially i've got i very easily get lower back spasms and that takes care of that i've got a very dense nutrient rich greens product that i drink and i have my coffee and i wake up usually between four and five in the morning have my water first thing out of bed and then i just pound down the greens and have my coffee while i figure out my day and get things ready to go so Really figuring out how to manage your stress on those two bookends are going to be super important. If you want more information, you can message me on any one of my social sites. I'd be happy to go ahead and get you connected to either Will over at Naked Warrior Recovery or Mitch over in Smashing Greens and MASF and help you guys figure out which direction you want to go. Because if you don't take care of yourself, you won't be able to effectively take care of everything else. So you guys know that I love it when I get questions and I have a whopper of a question today. It's actually a scenario. <laughs> and so we're going to change today's HR question section to today's HR scenario and we're going to talk about this. But if you have one a question or a scenario, you can submit your questions on the uh, Brenda uh, the Brenda, the HR lady dot com website by clicking on the podcast link from the menu and down towards that bottom of that podcast page is a submission form for you to go ahead and post your question which I will read and answer on an upcoming episode. So this one came through and she writes hello I've been in a little situation where I feel stuck. I reached out to my CEO and my COO and asked where they thought their uh, employee problems were, which is fantastic. She's a coaching client, which is really great. So I know what she's doing. And she basically is starting to get into the head and understand what they feel their employee problems are, what are their challenges are. And after a long conversation, they mentioned about that they feel that there's a knowledge gap and a lack of training of employees, which is fantastic. She learned that through her questions that I gave her. Then she mentioned what she felt that they could do, if they look into the training program that's currently set in place and kind of work to restructure it. So she's giving her feedback. They both agreed, thought it was a good idea. <clears throat> she presented her recommendations and they loved it. Long story short, they presented it, the, they being the CEO and the COO presented it to the trainer in seat in what she thought was a positive manner and suggested that she move the trainer move forward and integrate her ideas into the current training. Unfortunately, it went sideways. The trainer became furious and was extremely offended by it. Apparently she got up and left the meeting. The COO and the CEO then had another meeting with her and now she has been removed and uh, from performing any type of communication uh, to assist with the training. And she's wondering, is there any suggestions on what she could do now or how she could approach the situation? She asked for feedback with her uh, superiors to make sure that she was hitting all the points that they were concerned with. So complicated situation. <clears throat> um, so there's a couple of things going on here, in my opinion. Now, taking taking out the fact that I do know who this person is, and I'm going to step back from what I know about the company just on the surface of the scenario. You know, collaboration is everything. And... I don't want to come across as I'm bashing the COO or the CEO, but this was a little bit of a misstep. And this is why collaboration works so well, that when you take and you pull together your talent, if you if somebody makes a recommendation and an idea, you know what, gather everybody together before a plan is put into place and do a couple of things. Number one, deconflict the situation. Is what one person recommending going to be in conflict with what current practices and policies are? Is it going to be in direct conflict with uh, planned sessions, scenarios, projects? Right, deconflict all of that. That's one of the first things that you need to do. But more importantly, before you guys deconflict anything, you have to get mutual buy-in, and that's why collaboration is so great. If the COO and the CEO were to have pulled the trainer and this HR champion together in a room and say, listen, we're here to talk about our people problems and what that means. And this is when I tell you guys, you know, in some of the training that you guys have attended and some of the other things that we've put out there, some of the webinars. And I said, when you talk to the CEO and you ask the CEO, what are your people challenges or what are your people problems? They're not going to tell you. It's that guy sitting over there with the red staple who's driving me crazy. They're going to be looking at things at a much higher level. They're going to be looking at it. Look, we don't have the the right talent in place for this upcoming project launch. We don't have enough people because we're seeing attrition and turnover in this area. And we're forecasting that this is going to be problematic, right? Those are people issues or we don't have enough training in place for our people to be able to do X, Y, and Z. Okay. That's how a COO and a CEO think in terms of people related issues. And so by not pulling in the trainer when this idea was presented and laid out and everybody coming together that means that the trainer likely felt that the CEO and the CEO was pitting HR or the ideas up against what this person has committed to building and has been building and has built and has been managing throughout her time at the company. That inflames the ego and rightfully so because not everybody I mean, I'll be honest with you. If somebody did something like that to me and, in, in with the best of intentions, would I have handled it appropriately? Yes, I would have. But you know what? Inside, I wouldn't be lying to you. I would be outraged. It's like, why wasn't I part of this ahead of time? So, so that's how that scenario in my mind came together. And I'm sure a lot of people have seen exactly the same thing. We've all experienced this at some point in time. Now, how do you get out of it? Right. How do you get away from it? How do you, how do you pull out of it? Well, first off, time does heal all wounds for the most part, okay? So she's going to need to let time build a new level of trust with this trainer. And maybe not right now, but at some point when the time is right, sit down and have the conversation that says, this was not what happened was was not the intention and you you know you can say that you feel bad about what happened you know don't over apologize for something i mean all you did was you know all she did was just contribute you know her input it's how it was executed and how it was delivered that was so unattractive to the trainer but at some point in time the conversation has to come up and if you try and do it too soon maybe enough time has not gone by for that person to come down out of the rafters. Now, if this is a time-sensitive situation, then yeah, I would say, yeah, you're probably going to have to address it head on and hope for the best. But if it's not a time-sensitive situation, um, then I would just let, I would let time heal all things. Just give her a chance to come down out of the rafters. Give her a chance to see that you, if you're listening, the person that wrote this in, that you're this was not your intention that you're not here to take this person's job away that you're here to actually support this individual it's not going to be easy i'm going to tell you right now it is not going to be easy it is going to take time to heal this all right you may wind up having to eat a little bit of crow but at some point you also have to kind of stand up for yourself too so um, i've been in this situation more on more occasions than i care to admit um I certainly saw I've seen it in the years that I've been a consultant and I've seen it in the years that I've been in the HR seat. And you know what, not everybody receives information in the same manner. So, hang in there. Uh take care of yourself. Um you know, you don't have to be overly nice to this person because they're going to see right through that. But, you know, wherever you can be supportive, um and then eventually sit down and have a conversation with that person about what happened and clean it up. You know what? It, it, it's going to work out. It just may not come out the way you wish or you visualize it, but it'll definitely be what it's going to be. So, and the only thing that you can do in the situation is just control you and don't do things that are going to make it worse. That's the best thing that I could, that I could, uh, share with you guys on that one. So, but that's an awesome question. I really, really, really appreciate you sending in that one. Okay, so we still have room available in our HR Summit that is taking place November 9th through the 13th. We've got awesome, awesome speakers coming in. We've got Suzanne Lucas, who is my co-host on The Real HR Show that is over on YouTube. If you haven't seen it yet, you can just Google us, The Real HR Show. Uh, We post a, a new episode every Monday. And, uh, and we've talked about some pretty good stuff lately. Uh, she is the evil HR lady who has written for Inc.com. She's contributed to over a 1,000 articles. Um, she's been doing it quite a while. She's a pretty awesome lady to work with. Tay Nelms, who is a former HR uh, specialist and professional for the Bellagio and Treasure Island Hotels out of Las Vegas. She's going to be coming in to talk. And Steve Watson, who's been on the show, he is a CFO and founder of Trendbusters, who is favorite thing to do, absolute favorite, favorite, favorite thing to do is to solve the mathematical problem of how do companies save money with their HR benefits. So he's going to be talking about his very favorite thing and then yours truly. I'm going to be delivering uh, content as well. So November 9th through the 13th, we are going to be uh, producing one speaker a day for one hour 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. This summit is at no cost. It's free and this is going to be the last time that I do a free HR summit like this. We've been playing with this for a little while and this will be the last time. We do have limited seating so it's a virtual summit so this is how it's going to work. If you want to attend, sign up, reserve your seat. Go ahead and, and RSVP Uh, You can find those links over on any of my socials. Um, We're going to be posting them some more. Uh, So if you don't see it in the feed, it will be coming down again soon. Um, Reserve your seat. Then the day of the event, on the 9th, the 10th, the 11th, the 12th, and the 13th, get into the room and attend the event. If you are unable to get into the room because we have reached the max limit, do not worry, but you still have to attempt to get into the room. (laughs) Do not worry because what we are going to do is for those who are not able to get into the room because of the space and the size, I am going to go ahead and send you the link. So don't sign up thinking that you're going to get the link if you don't show. If we run out of room, then we're going to send out the link to people who are unable to get in. So that's how this works. Um, It's going to be great. It's going to be exciting. I am so looking forward to this. Uh, It's gotten it's it's already booked to maximum capacity and but we still encourage people to come in because you know what those people who have made their rsvps stuff happens throughout the day something could come up where their seat actually opens up and boom you get an opportunity to come in all right so next gen women in hr community we are growing and you know what this group is awesome they are engaging more and more and more all the time they're awesome i love working with these guys we're having real conversations in real time with real people and there are new and exciting changes coming in Live in the next several months over at the Next Gen Women in HR community. It's an awesome group of women and men and we are growing strong and fast. I can speak for the group and share that. We'd all love to have you join us and get into the conversation. Absolutely for sure. And if you are an HR pro or an HR aspiring pro, I believe that there are six aspects of HR leadership that you need to perfect in order to be successful or you must learn how to master them. Even if you aren't an HR manager and you're looking to get better at being a people leader, these six aspects are going to absolutely help you and they are all available in my free HR leadership course at BrendaTheHRLady.com. When you sign up for the course, you're going to get my best practices and updates delivered directly to your inbox. Take advantage of this. This is free leadership information that is going to help you tackle the HR side of your career. And it gives you those nuggets of information so that you can take and grow and work on them and develop. also before you guys get done with this episode would you please do me a favor hop over to apple podcast or stitcher or wherever it is that you listen to this podcast and please leave your five-star review it's something i would greatly greatly appreciate let's help other people who are searching for the same information that you are find the find us join us um and help them be successful. Now, if you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Brenda the HR Lady. You can also find me on LinkedIn at Brenda Neck and My last name is spelled N is and Nancy E-C K V as in Victor A-T-A-L. As I mentioned earlier, that I co-host another show called The Real HR Show with the evil HR Lady herself, Suzanne Lucas. And lastly jump on the website at, at Lady.com where you can read the news updates i called out earlier in today's episode that are across the nation simply visit the website click on the podcast link and you can get this week's articles so folks thank you so much again for joining us it's been fantastic i cannot wait cannot wait for you guys to hear what's coming up i'm glad you enjoyed today's episode and uh look get out there take care of yourself and enjoy the fall and we'll talk